Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... Along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. does only make sense and welcome to frankie sense and more you never know what's going to come out of my mouth that's a for sure <laughs> but today i have two amazing guests with me and i'm really really excited for you to meet them uh, the first is inez bracy she's a coach speaker author scientist and teacher she's dedicated to empowering high-performing professionals uh-oh, Peanut wants to be on the show. Uh, executive and self-employed women over 50 to reconnect with themselves, renew their joy, and, and courageously live their lives. Peanut, if you want to be on the show, get up here. <laughs> she helps women fall and stay in love with themselves, and she created Emerge, Inspire, Live as a means to help them use what they've gone through in life to live their dream style. Now, she is also the author of Rejuvenate Your Life, 21 Days to Feel Like a Woman Again, Ooh. <laughs> and Simple Pleasures. Bruce Langford, he is a mindfulness consultant, a podcaster, and an author himself who is hired by companies to improve employee work balance by replacing stress and anxiety with team spirit and self-respect. Bruce's extensive background in bullying prevents um, and equips him through mindfulness to inspire employees to replace self-bullying and judgmental behaviors with a strong desire for cooperation and respect. Well, first of all, let me welcome both of you to the show. Great to be here. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, on the surface, people say, gee, you know, Bruce, Inez, Inez, Bruce, like, you know, how do we put these two together? But really, you're both teachers. You both come from a teaching background. Bruce, you taught music. That's right. And Inez, what did you teach? Science. Science. Oh, I love it. Not that many women are, you know, you don't meet that many women who teach science or are into science. So that's really fascinating. What, what uh, brought you into science? What, what did you fall in love with? This is going to sound crazy, but when I was in high school in the biology class, they were teaching human anatomy. And I wanted to know about the male anatomy. And that's why I went into biology. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Nobody showed you at home? You didn't have brothers? <laughs> I had one brother, but it was all you can't show. No, you know, he had six sisters. So, you know. Oh, that's hilarious. Did you think he wanted to be a doctor? No, I wanted to work in labs. Once I found out about the anatomy, I was okay then. Okay. So, so <laughs> in working in labs is like to save Science humanity is, from things or? No, just well, sort of like that too, but working with Petri dishes and all that kind of stuff. And so I found out that they didn't talk to me and I decided I wanted to have a position where I could actually interact with people. And that's when I left the lab. Okay. And Bruce, tell me about your teaching background. Yeah, well, I always loved music when I was a kid. And then I thought, man, if I could be a music teacher, how cool would that be? And it really was cool. I loved it. I loved helping the underdog, you know, that kid that was having a hard time. And I could say to them, hey, you know, you want to try out the drums? Maybe I can get you going on the drums. And then all of a sudden, school had a new meaning for them. What was your instrument of choice? 
well, mine was piano, and then I played the saxophone, and then the drums, and lots of Oh, my of God. I did, too. I did exactly in that order. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's so cool. What about you, Inez? Did you play an instrument? Or do you? Never. I was going to start taking piano lessons this year, and then I got busy, and I never got to it. Oh, well, maybe Bruce can help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I love piano. I can't play it anymore, but I, I, it, it's a beautiful instrument when it's played well. It, it, it's gorgeous. So, you know, Bruce, you know, bullying means a lot to you. And yeah. I'm wondering, Inez, have you ever experienced bullying in, in any form in the workplace or just growing up? I have not. I've always been the defender for people who were being bullied. In third grade, we had a Down syndrome classmate and everybody wanted to pick on him. So I befriended him and I started by protecting him. Next thing I know, now he was accepted by everybody in the class. So that was great. We I graduated high school together. Oh, that's wonderful. Where did your, where did your, you know, hero thing come in for you, Bruce, when, you know, to stop pulling? Did something happen to you or somebody that you love? Well, when I was uh, a teenager, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety. And so, you know, as I got older, then I wanted to help people who were going through rough times as kids and teenagers. And I think that's what it was. And then when I was a teacher and I saw kids being bullied and I saw one particular kid who had everything going for him. He was athletic, he was musical, talented in so many ways. And yet he was miserable at school because he was being picked on and that's what was the trigger for me I just wanted to do something more for all kids who were picked on and bullied and so I set up a a musical anti-bullying program and started taking it on the road wow how does that work how does that work? <laughs> well, I just thought, you know what? Kids relate to music. We all remember yeah. things if we use music, you know, as a as a connector. And so I wrote songs, all kinds of songs about how to deal with bullying and how to how to uh you know, just get through some of these hard situations. And then I thought, okay, this has got to be interesting for the kids. So I decided to be a DJ. So I would go to the school and I would set up all my equipment and I say, Hey, we're coming to you live on ATFM radio. And we're doing, we're doing a live on location right here in the school gym. And you know, Hey kids, you know, we're going to be on the air. So get ready and all that kind of thing. And then when we would go on commercial, I would give out prizes like every radio station. So we had a lot of fun with it. That sounds wow. great. I love that. <laughs> How long did you do it for? Uh, 12 years. And oh, I'm my still, gosh. I still do it sometimes, you nice. know, when you want to have fun because it is fun. That's that sounds, fun. that's very creative too, Bruce, to come up with the idea and then to follow with it. That was very creative. Thank you, Inez. Thank you. Yeah. Inez, like I know that you have a love and passion for travel. Yes. You've been to what, 14 countries? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah, I did that in 14 months. And the thing about 14 months, it, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you win a trip, like, you know, airplane No, it was, I would always had a dream to travel, and my nephew was getting married in the Philippines, so that was my op- opportunity. And once I got over there, I thought, well, I might as well stay. And I only knew two people. I went to two countries. My nephew was in the Philippines. I knew him. I met a girl in the Philippines who's Chinese, and we went to China together. But all the other countries, I didn't know anybody. But I met some awesome people. I mean, just wonderful. What about you, Bruce? Do you like to travel? 
I love to travel, but I haven't done anywhere near that much traveling. That's on my bucket list. But yeah. uh, I've been to a few countries and you know, I've been invited to some different places, interesting places to do my anti-bullying work. So I've done that. But yeah, I'd love to go to more more interesting countries like that. Well, what's what's really cool about you, Inez, is that is that you do it, you you know, you travel on your own. Mm-hmm. And you teach women how to travel on their own and really how to, I, I guess the hardest thing is when, when you are solo and I don't know, for some reason it's easier for men, Bruce, I don't know why, but to go into a restaurant and eat by yourself, you know. Oh, that's a myth. That is a myth, Frankie. That is a myth. You get to go and eat any place you desire. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Have, and, and I teach women how to do that. That's what I'm saying. You teach women how, how to, to do that. How to get themselves ready to see themselves doing it and following through, even if it's a five star and you have been longing to experience that. And every time you walk by as couples and no, you can get yourself ready, make your reservation, go and just have an exquisite time. I love it. Okay. So you, you go to a five star restaurant. Yes. The major D comes and he's oh, madame, you know, let me serve you. And is there any kind of like, do they give you great service? Do they kind of, eh? Oh, absolutely. Great service. And I, I like to be where I can watch people yeah. and have the best seat in the house. And I just tell them where I want to sit because I've already scoped it out. So I tell them where I'd like to sit and, and it's beautiful. You just get to be vocal and confident when you start speaking and be courageous enough to ask for what you want. And so it's you're fun. not sitting there with your cell phone going, Oh, absolutely. you're, you're like looking at the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around and, but I do notice that in some of them, each person has their own device and they're not even talking to one another. No, like, I noticed oh. that too. It's crazy. I noticed that too. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I, 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 especially at a family restaurant, and I've seen oh, mom and dad oh, each no. on their own cell phone, and the kids are like, "I don't, what, what is happening?" Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, the kids I, are on their devices. Everybody's on a device. It's come on, like let's let's make connections. Let's learn more about each other. Let's let's be family or friends or whoever we are, and let's truly get to know each other more. That's what I say. Yeah. Because you're engaging. I totally agree. One of the things they did in the Philippines, especially in Subic Bay in Manila, in McDonald's, they cut off the Wi-Fi. They said, we want you to talk to each other, have conversations. I like that. I like that. I've been to a couple of restaurants um, in my day traveling where they have, it's called the common table. And so if, even if you are by yourself, you'll go sit at a common table with other guests and converse. You, you know, yes. it's like your opportunity to connect and, and converse in another land kind of thing. And I think that's really cool. I do. That, more of that. that is so exciting because one of my dreams, because we read, I read novels all my life. And one of my dreams was to be in a foreign country, sitting at a table with people from around the world and having conversations. And that actually came true for me. It was exciting. Where were you? I was in the Philippines. At in the, the Philippines. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which country? I was in Subic Bay. Okay. I don't know it, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds exciting. I like the sound of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you been to the Philippines, Bruce? No, I haven't. I haven't. I have a friend who uh, is from the Philippines, but I've never been there myself. Yeah, I haven't. My, my son was there, but I haven't been there myself either. That's pretty exciting. Far, far trip. Yeah. Do you, mind, do you mind the long travel, the long flight? 
And you know what? I love it. I enjoy myself because I'm so excited about getting on the plane and finally going. And I just enjoy it. I enjoy every phase of it. Have you, have you ever taken like a group of women with you? I have not, but that's for this year. Okay. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> we're deciding where we're going to go. And where are you going? We're looking at Dubai and we also look well, that's at exciting. China. So we don't, I haven't quite decided where we're going to go yet. Yeah. But just women, not men. Just women. Just oh, oh I'm out of luck. I want to go. You're <laughs> like your too piano much fun. player. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you need entertainment? Don't you need some music? <laughs> well, yeah, we do, but we'll we'll figure out a way. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the next oh. trip will be for men only. How about that? That sounds oh. good. That sounds good. Bruce, you know, um, I, I was going to say, like. As a guy, before you know, we talked about the women. Like, do you did you ever have a trouble going places by yourself, or sitting down and eating at a at a restaurant by yourself? A lot of people don't find that uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, there have been times, and I I have to admit, there have been times when I've gone into a restaurant by myself and felt like I was not receiving much attention. It's like I just thought, okay, the waiters are just thinking, okay, it's just a single guy by himself. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? And we'll just put more attention into the couples or the families or whatever. Or the bills and going up. Yeah, and sometimes I've I've just laughed because I thought, well, no way, you know, if I'm not getting attention, if I'm not getting service, yes. then forget it. Um, but I think I think it does have a lot to do with confidence and the way you carry yourself and the way you appear when you first walk into that restaurant and what you ask for. Just like Anna said, you know, I think you have to you have to set the bar high and you know you have your expectations so i think that's a big part of it i agree with that and the confidence that you carry with you is so important you know as a coach you never take the coach out of the coach (laughs) (laughs) i was at a restaurant and and had horrible service this girl she threw the coffee cup down at me like literally threw it at me and 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 it had a chip out of it and i said excuse me but this you know this coffee cup has a chip could i get another cup so she brings me another cup same same cup, different cup of coffee in it. And at the anyway, at the end of the whole thing, and it was horrible service. And I, I said to the manager, you know, I would really love to come here and, and do a seminar for your staff. And he actually hired me. I couldn't believe it, but he, he did, did hire. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I liken wait staff to being an entrepreneur. And you know what? Like, why work so hard to get people to come back? You know, when you could treat them right the first time, of it's course. like your own business. Sit in my section. I want to sit in your section, Inez. I want to sit in your section first because, you know, you, you've given them what they need and what they want. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking in your, in your world, it's all about mindfulness. And really, it's the same in your world, Inez, because you're envisioning, you're visioning the event before it happens. And that's mindfulness, yes. right? Yes, it, it is. is. So yes, it is. how do you, you know, how did you come into the the world of mindfulness, Bruce, from, from being a DJ musician. Well, because I realized that, you know, if you can focus on now and not be so focused on the past, not be so focused on the future, well, then that uh, causes bullying to just decline. You know, you don't feel bullied to the extent you're not going to bully others. And it actually reduces bullying across the board if you can teach people what mindfulness truly means. And I thought, you know, why not do that? Because a lot of times when you teach about bullying and how to avoid bullying, you're actually teaching about mindfulness anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that. Oh, go ahead, Inez, please. I really like what you said about being in the present moment and all you have is now. 
and that is totally mindfulness. And one of the things that we forget to do or be sometime is present in whatever is going on. Yes. That is an awesome thing that you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ines. And when you're present, you're listening too. You know, you can't, you can't be somewhere else and be present. You have and to that's be. an incredible skill. Yeah, that, it is. that is. And, you know, a lot of us think we're good listeners, but we can always be better listeners. Don't you think so, Frankie? Absolutely. I know that many times, you know, if you're, if you're listening to somebody and you've already got your next question in your head, you're not listening to somebody. Yeah. That, and that's how you know. And, you know, I teach people about hearing their thoughts. And so a lot of times people don't can't separate their thoughts. And I, and I, I liken it actually to a, a CD where, you know, you say, pick out the baseline, pick out the piano, right. pick out the voice, you know, the vocal. And if you can do that, then you can hear the voices in your head, the members of the board, right? I call them. Exactly. Who are giving you those negative comments or who are making up the next question instead of listening. True. And one of the things I love about editing my own uh, episodes on my podcast is that when I hear them the second time, I'm hearing new layers. I'm hearing more. And, and so a lot of people say, oh, I hate editing podcasts, but I think it just gives you so much more meat out of the, the guest. You learn so much more about that person and gives you a chance to listen on another layer. So that's that's one thing that I've learned through having my podcast on mindfulness. That well, is awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, when you mentioned listening for the different instruments, yes, it took me back to college when I had music appreciation. Oh yeah, that was one of the hardest things that I ever took. Finding out, dip, picking out the different instruments in a piece, and oh, wow. Well, how do you different. find listening to the voices in your head? In my head, I, I pay attention to who's saying what. I've taught myself that. But if I had to pick out an, anything other than a flute or a guitar I'm, or a piano, I'm done. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, I guess if you play instruments, it's easier maybe. Yes. So. Understand yeah. the texture and the tone of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you both work in, in corporations. You both go into corporations anyway, I should say, and, and work with business people and, and uh, d- a different variety of people. Is there anything major, I'm going to say major, that has changed in the landscape in the last, like, say, two years that you're noticing as you work with people? Let's start well, with I, I would say that, so. that people are realizing, CEOs and managers are realizing that uh, if they have truly happy employees who get along and feel good about going to work, it actually increases the bottom line. It makes it that business much more profitable. So, you know, people think of mindfulness sometimes, or they did in the past, of kind of like icing on the cake, kind of an extra. It's not an extra. It's a basic. It's something we all need, and especially in corporations, so that people mm-hmm. are happier. And if they're happier, they're going to be making that corporation work much more efficiently. Totally agree. I totally agree, Bruce. And one of the things I'm noticing is that the C-level executives are now paying attention and taking part more readily in all of the training that the staff is taking part in, which lends value to the training. And not only does it lend value to the training, it gets everybody on the same page knowing that this is not just for now. And next week when INS is not here, we'll be back to our old selves. Right. Because it starts at the top. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, that's very interesting. And, you know, in my past position with the government um, as, as a special advisor for spirit, which was really to make everybody happy, <laughs> um, my, you know, performance measurement was a little bit difficult because my deputy was an engineer. He wasn't, you know, a touchy-feely sort of person. So when I said, I can tell they're happier because they're smiling when they walk in. They say hello now. They didn't say hello last month. That's not a good performance measurement for him. But for me, I, I knew that that was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, huge because you had unions who were buffering against each other and who hated you know, their fellow people now kind of thing. So how do you tell your you know, CEOs, what, what kind of measurement do you use? Well, one of the things that they use, and I show them how to use it, is the retention and the, the um, what do you call it, the um, productivity. Right. Because when people are engaged and they are feeling great about themselves, they love what they're doing, they're talking to one another, and even building teams come a lot easier because now it's not my team, it's all of us. And right. that's one way to do it. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, Same I think it's so. It, it's just so important to have that level of contentment. You know that once anxiety starts to drift away, starts to dissolve, you can just you can tell that productivity is is moving up. And of course, it's easy to measure the bottom line. It's easy right. to measure productivity itself, how much money is being made for the company, and. If, uh, you know, I've been in there working with the employees, working with the CEO, then they can, they can tell, you know, it's a different feeling and then that feeling translates into income. Yeah. The culture has changed. (laughs) I like that. I like it a lot. The, the idea of, you know, and as you like to work with women over 50, Bruce, you probably work with people under 50. (laughs) 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 And maybe not predominantly women. But, you know, I do see a synergy in what you're both doing because, you you know, people are people, men and women. Women, you know, they have, um, I think in some ways women innately, um, not innately, but have less confidence sometimes. But when they are confident, they're like way more confident than, than a man. You know, like once they get their feet under them and they can go out and, and, and change the world. Um, but, you know, through circumstances, maybe they, they haven't, um, everybody hasn't experienced that. And as when you work with, with women, with the boomers, let's say, um, some of them, you know, they come out of, out of a business world and, and maybe they have a little more confidence than the others who were maybe a housewife who stayed home. And maybe she's a widow or newly divorced. How does that affect the work that you do? Wow, that's a great question, Frankie, because one of the things I've noticed is we can be confident in our different roles. Right. So as an executive, I show up all powerful and I'm confident. And the minute I leave the, the premises, it's that little girl again saying, who do you think you are? Why do you think you can do this? So it's just across the board. When we decide that we are going to reconnect with our goddess, with our femininity, when we are going to allow ourselves to really be feminine, to let our hips sway, to dress in feminine clothing and be okay in the workplace, I'm not saying going in naked. I'm not saying that. But I am saying dress so that it complements you. You're not required to wear a pantsuit all the time or a tie, but you can wear clothing 
that lets everybody know, yes, I am a woman and I'm proud of it. Right, right. I like that. You know, um, <laughs> I, I think it's true. And I thought, you know, for a long time, I thought it was just me. Very confident at work, not as confident outside, you know, how you handle yourself. And I'm wondering, Bruce, do, do guys feel that way too sometimes? Do they feel like you're the hero at work or the hero at home, but not when you go someplace else? You know what I've discovered? So many CEOs are actually insecure and many of them are lonely. Now they don't show that at work. You'd never dream it. But when I really get talking with them and helping them and working with them, I find out that they have a lot of doubts and they really need to have more confidence and, and they can get that through mindfulness through and meditation. I haven't even mentioned that. That, but the right. big part of mindfulness is having a little bit of time every day to give your brain a break because CEOs are often overwhelmed. Yeah. That sense of overwhelm that can just devastate all of us. And, you know, we just need to give our brain a break, have a little bit of a time of meditation. And that form of mindfulness can help to increase confidence and make you feel empowered to do your work. I'm going to just stop us here for one moment. If you're listening to us, it's Frankie Sense and more. <laughs> We're here live on Facebook and I'm with Inez Bracey and I'm, I'm with uh, Bruce Langford. Um, Inez, give out your website, please. My website is inezbracey.com. I-N-E-C-B-V-R-A-C-Y.com. And Bruce? And uh, mine is my podcast, Mindfulness Mode. And I have to remind people sometimes, and even my, myself, mindfulness just has one L in it. M-I-N-D-W-L-N-E-S-S, -S -S, Mindfulness Mode. And what mode are you in today, Frankie? Are you in Mindfulness Mode? Uh, well, I'm definitely, I, I'm, I'm mindfully listening to your voice going, you're a wonderful DJ voice, doesn't he, Ines? Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to close my eyes and let you take it away. <laughs> I have a lot of fun being a DJ. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just so fun. And it shows. It shows. It Thanks does. Ines, do you, do you meditate? I do. And one of the things I work with my clients, and many of them are so busy, I said, just give yourself seven minutes every day. Set a timer so you're not like children. I'll be there yet. Every morning, give yourself seven minutes, and you can work up to more, but at least seven to be still and be quiet and just breathe. Totally and just agree. breathe. And, and okay, so I want the secret to your meditation. Other than, you know, I'm going to put my egg timer on for seven minutes and get myself a, almost a hard boil. <laughs> 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 what? Or, or macaroni and cheese, craft dinner, seven minutes. <laughs> they call it One that. of the things I ask them to do when they're breathing, to breathe in love and breathe out grace. And as I like they're breathing that. in love and breathing out grace, they're going to get ancestral, universal, generational thoughts because every thought is still in the universe. Yep. So the ones that come in that support you, acknowledge it and say thank you for coming and take it to your heart space. Those that come that don't support you, say thank you for coming and return to send it with love and come back to your heart space. So that's the whole process that I work I like that. Yes, I do too. How do you do it, Bruce? Well, I meditate for 20 minutes every day, and I love silent meditation. I focus on my breath. I focus on mantras. And in the past, I've used guided meditations. I like to create guided meditations and put them on the Insight Timer. So many of my guests on my Mindfulness Mode podcast show say that they use 
the insight insight timer and they use guided meditations on that. So that's how I do it. I just find that the time just flies by and then suddenly I hear this gong or bell, whatever I set up on insight timer and that, that signifies the end of my meditation time. You know what's really interesting? Um, I, I'm also a metaphysical hypnotherapist and I give a lot of guided meditation, but I'm not good at receiving guided meditation. And I always kind of felt like a failure, even though I'm a super creative person. When you go walk to the bridge, go over the thing, it's like, I I don't really want to follow that. And maybe it's my rebellious nature. I don't know. But I, I kind of feel like a failure. And I think that there's a lot of people who feel like failures when people say, go meditate. Uh, I'm not right. doing it right. I don't know how to do it. I'm a shallow breather sometimes. I got so much going on. It's like, oh, just for me to take a big breath. You want me to take a big breath? Ah, who's got time? Right? <laughs> That's the first thing I teach when I teach meditation is, hey, you know, you're going to hear a voice that says you're terrible at this. Don't listen to that voice. You're not terrible at it. You cannot be terrible at meditating. If you're doing it, you're doing a great job because it's just impossible to do a bad job of meditation. You are a good teacher. I like that. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm an active meditator. So if I drive my trance state, then I can meditate. That's mm-hmm. kind of my thing. But I, I would really love to sit here. If I did sit here for, for 10 minutes, I'd probably fall asleep. I only sleep about four hours a night. So <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's awful. That's not much sleep. <laughs> it's not much sleep. So I do tend to fall asleep when I try to meditate. But unless I'm actively doing it. But it is a very important thing. And everybody you know, I talk to on, on these shows talks about meditation and the importance of meditation and how it really um, is the fuel for their success really and their inspiration and their creativity and everything else that they're doing in, in life. So um, how much important go on, yes. things, Frankie, that I have found is there are different ways of meditating, walking meditations, yeah. uh, singing meditation, dancing meditation, whatever you're doing, as long as you're getting into that energy and that energetic flow, that makes all the difference. So yes, it's great to be able to sit and kumbaya or, Walk in Kumbaya. You're getting it done. Yeah. I actually like to drum and do it because I think that that, Mm. I love that. That's right. You're a musician. Yeah. I love the sound of a drum. And and it, it, for me, that tribal thing is, is gets me. I like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Like I can't hear a bass or a bass drum without going, you know, it's exciting. (laughs) It's exciting to me. That's what gets me going too. I was at this really upscale dance so a gala and everybody's standing around chatting and the drums came on i started moving they started looking at me like oh what is wrong with her i couldn't stop myself my body automatically went into movement i love it yeah see you're already a musician your body is a musician (laughs) yes your body's a musician so i i'm wow new zealand the south pacific how how exciting was that to travel there Ah, it was the best part though was flying into Australia first and starting in the northern part where it was nice and warm. And as farther I got south, I was freezing. I left there and I went to New Zealand. It was cold and raining. I said, I got to get someplace warm. And I went to Fiji and my bones thawed out and I was home. It's like, yes. Uh, yeah. Fiji sounds awesome. so exotic and just so amazing. It is totally, totally. Would you move there? I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you what do you have an anchor over here in North, in the Americas? Like do you have children or grandchildren that keep I don't home? have children or grandchildren, but I have four sisters who always say, Are you in the in the country or did you leave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I um 
you know, I, I interviewed Beth Bell from, and she lives in Bali. And she. Oh, that's another favorite place. Bali was awesome. I went to the coffee plantation that's in the bucket list. Yeah. Where um, Jack Nicholas had the most expensive coffee in the world. The poop and coffee, I call it. Yeah. The poop coffee. <laughs> yeah, the poop coffee. I went there. I saw the whole thing. It was so awesome. Yeah, my, then, my, my son went there too. He goes, I brought yeah. you home some. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, it, that's a really cool place. And, and, you know, with them, like the, the volcano is active now. And so people are mm-hmm. afraid and they don't want to go. But I've always wanted to go there. And it just looks stunning to me. Is that on your bucket list, Bruce? Would you go to like Fiji or? or I definitely Bali? would go there. I went to the U.S. Virgin Islands to teach my anti-bullying work and mindfulness, yeah. and and that was a beautiful place. But it I've is. never been to Fiji. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, me too. Me too. Just having that open air home. You know, they stayed in those open air, and just in in Bali, it was like in a the, in a treehouse kind of hotel, and it was just stunning. Did you stay in a place like that on this? I stayed in all kinds of places. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed in villages. I stayed, I stayed every, it was just awesome. I stayed with the people. Now mm. you said that you felt very safe traveling by yourself. Yes. Yes. I feel safe because I carry, I have no viewpoints, no judgments and no opinions. I accept you as you are. Uh-huh. And when I, with that, they accept me as I am. And we just have a grand old time. I don't have a problem. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Bruce, would you, have, have you traveled by yourself? Did you take your, your family with you when you went to... Uh, no, I went by myself. And uh, I remember I was, uh, you know, taking, well, I, I was at a, a, a resort. That's where they put me up. And then I was going to some different places because I was teaching at private schools. And so I would take a, a taxi and I had my suitcases full of things like my projector and all my equipment and everything else. And I, I remember walking up this very, very steep hill and there were all these roosters running around. <laughs> and, I mean, that's a lot different than Canada, you know, yeah. city of Canada. And it was just so cool. And then I got to this huge Catholic church and I was teaching in the Catholic school that was adjacent to it. And I walked in and there were people in there. It was seven o'clock in the morning, people in there praying and chanting. And it was a beautiful experience being there. It was incredible. And I didn't mind traveling on my own at all. I was in St. Thomas and um, there was a musician just sitting under this, this, you know, awning playing guitar, playing the Beatles, playing, yes. you know, all these great songs. And all he just wanted, like, he just wanted, he was local and he was fantastic. And, Beautiful. you know, everybody just gather around, listen, and then walk away. It's very, it's a very different lifestyle. It's a really cool lifestyle, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it is, is very is. different. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, Bruce, when you mentioned the roosters, I didn't know until I was in, um, the, in Fiji that roosters crow all day and all night. I thought they only crowed in the morning. Oh, yeah. But they crow. Did y'all know that? I didn't know that. No. All I... day and all night. Well, there's always no. a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. And, and the other part about traveling by yourself and, and you know, is, is meeting people. And, and it must be very expensive. So for the women that you talk to, um, 
how, is is there like a trick or or something that you know at how to travel? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I thought there had to be. <laughs> I am so excited to share this because one of the things I discovered is it doesn't cost a whole lot to travel. In most countries, the dollar is worth a lot more than we get in the United States. So even in Fiji, $1 U.S. is equal to $2 Fijian. So that makes a big difference. In the Philippines, it was way more than that. So when you, and then too, when you're working with the locals, if you stay away from the tourist places, Mm -hmm. you will be fine because you get to eat on a local level. Also, it is safe and fun to stay in hostels. They're not just for you. They're for everybody, including families with babies. I had a ball. Wow. You know, for, for us with the Canadian dollars, a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, but I know what you're saying. I remember my son telling me, you know, they would tell the taxi driver, take me to local, take me where you're going to eat. And they would mm-hmm. eat for three, four dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Bali. Yeah. And, and so the food was way better than what they try to offer tourists. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I love that. So what's, what's new in 2018 for you, Inez? What is new in 2018 for me? I have embraced cryptocurrency. Oh, right. Yeah. And so I'm so excited about that. I'm with the iPro Network, and we have a network marketing company, and I am thrilled to be a part of it and growing that unit. So that's new for me. And in doing that, we're opening up all of the world. So I have a call with some my friends in China and with my friends in the Philippines. I'm excited. That's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. And Bruce? Well, I'm doing more and more work with consulting with with big companies, with corporations, and I'm really excited about it. Just putting putting the word out there and and getting into more places and doing more of those kinds of things and teaching mindfulness and teaching meditation, all stuff that I enjoy. Yeah, I love it. Are you planning any kind of uh, retreats or anything like that? No, I'm not. But the future uh, could hold something like that because I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think there are a lot of people looking for that kind of thing. So that's a great idea, Jackie. Thank you for planting the seed, Frankie. You know what? (laughs) And I'm going to tell you something. You are not the first person. Everybody calls me Jackie or Hmm. there's another one. I don't know why that came out, but. (laughs) They all do. No, you're not the only person that does it. Um, I get it a lot. I'll go to, I'll go to, um, you know, retreats and different places like that. And it'll be, I'll be Jackie or I'll be something else, but I won't be Frankie. I can't remember what the other one is, but it's, yeah. But you know what? When I was a little girl, I wanted to be called Jackie. So oh, did you? Yeah. So I'm happy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's a wonderful way to travel. And I know it's even for you. I love to be creative. So, you know, if you were to get on a cruise and offer to teach, you know, something on that cruise and maybe you get the cruise for free because you're doing something, um, that, that would be kind of cool. That would be very cool. That would be really, really cool. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, you can invite some friends and we could help you out. <laughs> you I got it. Music. So I'll, let you, I'll, I'll stay in touch and let you know when this is all set up. Yeah. One of the things that I'm really loving is teaching about cryptocurrency because for so many people, it is so new. And for women who've never even dabbled in the stock market or anything like that, they don't even have a filter for it. So it's just awesome to see them get the aha and go, whoa, I, just, I, I really like that. 
So cryptocurrency is new, and I don't know how much you know about it, Bruce. Uh, you know, maybe you read about Bitcoin, or have you dabbled in it yourself? Or I've read about it. I've watched a documentary about it on Netflix, and uh, I have some friends that uh, you know are very much into it. Personally, I haven't invested in it. I'd love to learn more, love to really totally understand it. I don't know if anybody totally understands it, but yeah. I would love to get into it. And I, I think that's wonderful, Inez, that you can that you understand it and that you teach it. That's great. I would love to get with you after this, Bruce, and share some information. I, I would enjoy that. Yeah, I think, I, I, you know what, I think as you get older, um, it's really good for us to you know, find new projects, find new, new ways of being interesting and interested in things. I think it helps the brain to, to, you know, halt the Alzheimer genes from bopping up. They, that's what they say. If you can learn something new all the time, it really, um, it, okay. it helps you. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I think being mindful is probably similar to learning something new in, in some ways, you know, just relaxing, absorbing, you know, letting things flow to you and, and, or asking from the inner, your inner spirit to come out and, and give you information. Like, are you, how spiritual are you, Bruce? I'm pretty spiritual. And yeah. especially I've, I've learned so much from my guests because I've had almost 300 guests on my show. And, and, you know, I've learned so much about being spiritual. I, have always been a spiritual person, but that evolves, I think, as you move forward and, you know, just spend time on this journey. We, we learn more about ourselves and more about what we truly believe. And, and I think you're right about mindfulness. I think that, you know, you become mindful of what you eat. You become mindful of the exercise and all of those things that help you to be healthy and healthy, not only in your body, but in your brain as well. And we all need to be healthy spiritually. That's for sure. I love how you talked about mantras because um, I, I remember, um, I think it was even in the 1930s, Emil Kume, who, who had brought it into the hospitals and said, you know, every day in every way, I feel better and better. And right. he told the patients they, they, they didn't have medication for them. They ran out or whatever it was. But he said, do this, say this. And, and they all got better. And that was just, you know, this belief, maybe it's the original uh, placebo, I don't know, but they all got better, you know, and, and I think that that's really important to be able to give yourself messages and get messages from yeah, your higher totally. self, from spirit. And as you teach, do you teach uh, um, like law of attraction and, and. Yes, I do. I do. And one of the things I like about what Bruce said is about the mindfulness. And as you were saying, as you become more mindful, that's almost like learning another language for some of us. Because we've been scattered for so long, now we get to settle down and actually pay attention to listen and go, wait a minute, that makes perfect sense. Now that I'm listening more, I'm hearing and understanding exactly what my friends desire, exactly what my mate would like to have. Mm Because we think we know what everybody wants anyway, so we're just going to give them what we think they ought to have. But when you listen, you might find out that it's completely opposite of everything you thought. You're right. We want we want we want to give people what we think we want to give them. What they want. <laughs> that's true. No, that's right. That, that's a, that's like the platinum rule. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't treat me like I want to be treated. I'll treat you like you want to be treated. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Which yeah. I think is is exciting. Um, you know, I had somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago, Ellen Tad, and she's a she talks about not going with your gut and not going with just your mind, but actually when you are mindful and you can hear from spirit, um, which is 
part of you, because she says there's the soul, the spirit, and the personality, that when you hear um, that message, that's really where you, what, like to go with the third eye, that, that's where, who you need to listen to. So it's different from the gut, and it's different from the analytical mind. It's actually um, the third eye and spirit part of you still, but talking to you and giving you the information that you need, which I think is fascinating, really. Yeah, that is fascinating. And you're absolutely right that, that, you know, if you can focus on that third eye and realize that, you know, it's not about forcing things. It's not about making these decisions. Okay, I've got to make this happen. I've got to make this happen. It's more about letting go. It's more about Mm -hmm. surrender. And the more you can do that, the more things will just fall into place in your life. Not an easy thing to learn sometimes. It's but not, it's especially when there's big obstacles in your way. But yes. I, I have learned and I teach the same as, like you that, um, you know, if you say, okay, here's my obstacle. Now I'm going to get out of my way and let the, let, let, you know, the solution come to me. Right. I'll let, I'll let them work on it. And then they can tell me when it's all fixed. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that, Frankie. That's that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I like to do. Um, Have you ever been in, in a situation, I guess, either traveling or at home where um, you've been afraid? Hmm. I haven't been afraid. I have been aware. This happened in Australia. And I was walking in the rain to my lodgings, and I could hear this car behind me. And I said, okay, this doesn't, it doesn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. And it was going slowly. So finally, it pulled on the sidewalk in front of me. There's a gentleman in the car all by himself, and he says, um, I can give you a ride where you're going. And I said, no, thank you. So I get in the car, and I said, no, thank you. Then I started around the car, and I walked really fast. For some reason, that didn't feel good to me, so I didn't get in the car. Right. Now, when I was in um, New Zealand, in Rotorua, I was in a hostel, and a gentleman walked over, and he says, when I get off today, Inez, I'm going to take you someplace special. That felt good, and I went with him. And then that night, he says, well, I'm going to go see my fiance this weekend. Would you like to go? She's three hours away. I said, Sure. He was feeling safe. We get in the car, we're driving, and he says, you always get in the car with strange men? I said, no, but you felt good. Yeah. And we had a ball. So it's about listening, and I'm always aware of what's going on. I pay attention to all my surroundings so that, like the gentleman in Australia in the car, I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. But with this one, yes, we will go. And he took me to some marvelous Mark villages and all that. It was lovely. That's fascinating. And when you, you know, they say that, that women who walk with purpose down a street, women who walk with, you know, their head up confident, people, they don't want to mess with them, really, because there's too much work. It is know? too much. Yeah. Too much work. Too so much. I can just imagine your no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my way. Yeah, yeah. The goddess is yeah. walking down the street. Yeah. To, it, 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 and when I think back on that, I'm thinking, okay, it was the same situation. And I walked around all these cities all by myself, just having a public transportation, buses, trains. It was amazing. Uh, tutus, tuk-tuks, all that stuff. Had a ball. Let me ask you this. When you travel, the difference in the people that you meet when you travel than the people in the America – in 
I'm going to say in, in the United States of America, how are they different or are they different? You know what, Frankie, I found that people are more similar than dissimilar. And those who are kind and loving are kind and loving. And those who are mean and nasty are mean and nasty. Mm. I found that I attract to me those who are kind, loving, and protective, which really must be the energy that I give out. Yeah. Now, what I failed to tell you is after my third country, I downsized from a 22-inch suitcase, a carry-on for my laptop, a carry-on bag, and a purse to a 14-inch backpack. Wow. (laughs) For all the other countries, I had that backpack. It was awesome. Everything I owned was in the backpack. So either I wore that or I couldn't go out. Now that's worth teaching. Now that is mindfulness. (laughs) Scaling down and becoming a minimalist and realizing that there are only a few things we actually need. And so much of that other stuff is just getting in the way. It's cluttering our lives. It's cluttering our minds. And as I appreciate that, that is terrific. Why does your wife take two suitcases for herself? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she usually takes more than I do. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I know. I always take a big one. And and for, for sure, you never use half of it. I know that. Yeah. But contingency, you know, contingency. My wife says, I'm wearing this thing because I brought it. I'm making sure I wore every single thing that I have, (laughs) every pair of shoes, everything. And then then that makes it all worthwhile. And I'm like, okay, but did you really need to wear all those things? (laughs) But to each his own. Like, you know what I mean? If she enjoys that and that feels good for her. I think it's great. And I would love to learn how to pair. And I'm going to practice when I come to San Diego in a couple of weeks and as to the Global Influence Summit, you know, to, to, to take class. It's harder for me to travel now because um, some days I need to walk, walk with my cane because, uh, you know, my, my hip and my knees and stuff are gone. And that makes it difficult. And so you think, yeah, do I really want to take that big thing and another thing and try to walk with all this stuff? Like it's not as easy if, when you're going by yourself. If you got, you know, some strapping guy with you, it's easy. <laughs> you got a pack horse. That helps. But, yeah, that always helps. But, you know, when you're by yourself and, and so I think, yeah, how can I? But, you know, part of it's the rollers and the makeup and the this and the that. It's like <laughs> it needs its own, it needs its own back. back, back. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, that's great though. Be able to really be mindful and know what you need. And, and what you don't, because really people, they're not looking at your clothes, probably. <laughs> they're not looking, you know, they're looking at you. And yeah. I think that that's what's important. I mean, if you're clean, that's good. Do you, do you travel like with your own soaps and, and things like that? Do you find that, you know, I'm just I curious. Do. I yeah. do have some small bottles that I take and because getting on the plane and all that. But yeah, you can't. About it, yeah. Yeah. And well, then sometimes I just leave that behind. And when I get where I'm going, I'll buy whatever they have available and use it. Some people have to have their own special sauce. I don't. If it's soap and get me clean, fine. Wow. So I think it's very exciting what you both are doing. I, I love that, you know, you're helping people all over the world really come into their own and, and, and become confident and, you know, stand up for themselves, whether it's anti-bullying or it's, I'm not going to get in a car with you. I mean, it's very similar, really. You know, you're putting out an energy that says, I'm okay, and I don't need that. 
and you know, I, I, I'm going to be, uh, a happy, confident person in this world. And to be able to travel and be a happy, confident person or to go to work and be a happy, confident person, that's that's what we all desire. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing like having to go to school or go to work or go anywhere when you do not feel good about yourself or how people are going to treat you. And I guess, as you said, Ines, you know, in the work that you do, you teach women to love themselves first. And how can you expect other people to love you if you don't care about yourself? Well, people can pick up how much you will accept. Mm-hmm. And so we find ourselves often tolerating behavior that we really abhor, but because they are our friend or our lover or whatever. So what I teach my clients to do is to create non-negotiable boundaries Yeah, and to share those boundaries. And when people start to breach them, say that's a breach and start moving them back from it because they don't value, they don't honor you and they disrespect you. Do you want to be in a relationship like that? Yeah, and and the art of letting go. (laughs) As you said, the art of letting go. Yeah. Yeah. It is an art. Yeah, because it's difficult. You know, when when people have obstacles in their life, when they have, you know, difficult situations in their life, oftentimes it's letting people go that, you know, say, I'm sorry, but you have to leave my life. You're you're toxic to it. I can't have you in it anymore. You're a naysayer. You're a, you know, downer. You call me names or this or that. Mm -hmm. Like those boundaries are healthy Mm -hmm. in business and in our personal lives. And it's really important. As you say, it's very true. Now, one of the things though, many people have been tolerating for so long, they don't, and you mentioned about letting go. What I get them to understand is as soon as they let go, now they can breathe and start lifting their energy to a higher level to attract to them others who really want to respect them, love them, and honor them. So don't rush to fill the space. Rush to fill yourself. I like that. Don't rush to fill the space. Rush to fill yourself. Very important. That is Very excellent. Important. That is an as Thank yeah, you. rush to fill the space. I like that. Yeah, because you know the universe doesn't like a hole, but at the same time, you, you know, we all know and you clean out your closet, New clothes come in, right? They do. So, yeah. yeah. So, and, and it's the same thing. Like if you get rid of what's not working, you leave space for what can work. And, you know, when women who are going to go on dates, you know, over 50, I, I, would, I will say to them that, you know what, like if you're going to, and not just over 50, but if you're going to, and this goes for men too, if you are going to, you know, wear your slippers out or your pajamas or, you know, have your hair all natty, if, if you're going to go out like that, that's, the vibration you're letting out and that's who you're going to attract to yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can't expect to have, you know, Brad Pitt, if you're walking around like, you know, Popeye's going to come to you or something. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered who you were going to say. I didn't know who I was going to say. (laughs) Popeye. It's Frankie. Popeye. I don't know what's going to come. Exactly. But, you know, I just just got my spinach. But, you know, maybe it was a newfie. I don't know. But uh, anyway, when when you walk in the world as as you know the part that you want to be, then the rest of those players will come to you. I think that's True. the. I love that. Yes. Walk in the world, the player you want to be, not what you think your current reality is, but your desires. Oh, Frankie, that was good. Thank you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I think it might be in my book somewhere, but that's, yeah, that's, I, that's, I, that's the idea. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and and I think. That's how you, you attract, right? That's how you raise your vibration. That's how you attract what you want yes. yeah. is, is to be that. And um, boy, 
it's, it's been wonderful talking to you guys. I just love this conversation. It's so I good. do too. You're so bubbly. You're so upbeat. I mean, I already <laughs> knew that, but it's just so much fun to actually be chatting with you. And, Aww, and, and as you. you do, it's so much fun. Yeah, I love it. Totally I mean, I know as you live in Florida, is that where you live now? Yes. When are you coming down? You're in Canada, right? Yep. Yeah, we both are. Yeah, we both are. Bruce is about an hour away. We're 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 in in the land of the great white snow right now. <laughs> Mine is twenty three. When I went outside this morning, it's I'm like, oh, <laughs> but I you love know, it. I love the. Like, I don't know how you do it. I couldn't do that. I love it. I love the snow. Yeah, and I when love it snows, cold. it feels better. Like it does yeah. feel like it's more comfortable yeah. when you have a lot of snow. Yeah. It, oh. it takes the chill off kind of yes, like when it it's does. just damp and you don't have snow and cold, then it's, it's more bracing. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Frankie. Yeah. But, uh, where, where in Florida, where Near are we going? <laughs> oh, lots of cruise ships leave there. Don't We're going to Orlando. Awesome. Oh, actually, they don't have water in Orlando. They don't leave. No. There. But we can go to we can go to Disney World. Is it Disney World or Land? I always get them confused. Disney World, Universal, all of the parks are there. Right there. Yeah. yeah. I always get the Anaheim one confused with the Florida. If it's the world or the land, yeah. Or they Disney call it the same. Disney, Disney World. World. Disney World in Florida. Is that right? Yeah. World in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. World yeah. in Florida. It must be yeah. spectacular. I haven't been there since I was like 17. That's a long oh, time ago. <laughs> My wife and son love it there. And it is. It's just like stepping into another world. It's beautiful. Have you been to the Disney's around the world? No, I didn't go to Disney's around the world. I have friends who go to Disney's around the world, but I haven't. One of the things I like about Disney more than anything is the Imagineers. Can you just meet those people and think about what they were thinking to put it all together? The Imagineers get my juices void. I'm so excited about them. Yeah. You know what? I always wanted to be a set designer because I like the idea of creating this the stuff right like how how creative can you be and and so when i see things like that and and or you go to a play and you see that set design and you go oh my god like how amazing is that i would have loved to you know do something like that that'd be so cool that'd be like one of my dream jobs for a week that would be fun (laughs) (laughs) that would be (laughs) there's other ones i want to do i can't keep them for a long time but i believe in reinvention but yeah no that's awesome well, gosh, you guys have been so much fun. Thanks for hanging with me today. Oh, yeah, our, my pleasure. It's been great. I'm going to give you each a, a, a final word here, though. What would you like to tell people? Uh, pro-currency? I pro-currency in this? <laughs> Cryptocurrency is the new economy. It is the new wave. And if you don't know anything about it, reach out to me and I will share what I know. And if you want to check other places, check. But really learn something about crypto because that's the, that's the going thing and the new economy. And mindfulness is the new norm. And you know what? The more people you talk to, the more successful people, they'll say, you know, I have this mindfulness practice. I have this meditation. That's how I became successful because I I learned to do this as a habit every day. So mindfulness is the new norm. Make it happen. Check out mindfulnessmode.com and listen to how other people use mindfulness in their lives. Well, thank you both. This has been Frankie Sensenmore and Frankie Picasso, your host. And these have been my guests, Annette Brazy and Bruce Langford. And we say goodbye. And I'll see you again next Tuesday for another Mission Unstoppable. Take care, everybody. <laughs>